You ever quit a job? Ever redefined yourself within one? Ever started something in one big? Failed. Quit is a call-in show, hopefully helping some people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. All right, so listen, I'm going to try this. I want to see if any of you guys are going to call. Because all, all y'all said you were going to call. <laughs> There's Moises right now <laughs> texting me like crazy. You guys, if you want to call into the show, you can do that. And there's a number you can dial. It's 512-518-5714. The last time that I did a call-in show was quite a while ago. Uh, it was a long, long, long time ago, in fact. Uh, two, three years ago. At a call-in show. There's a show called The Conversation. You could call in. You could talk to the guests. Hardly ever got calls on that thing. We hardly ever got calls on that thing. Uh, because there's some kind of ratio they teach you when you're in uh, communication school. I was an RTV major in college before I quit that. And uh, I got talked out of it. I'll tell you about that. I'll tell you that story. So here's the thing. Is they say that you're going to get one call for every thousand listeners. Now, I know, I'm, I know we're not, at least not now. We're not going to have a thousand listeners tonight. Does that mean zero calls? I mean, one call? We already got a call right here. Hmm. And I'm working on the Ansible. I'm working on it. The Ansible is a voice over IP system that a uh, buddy of mine, Eric Linval, who also quit a whole bunch of things, <laughs> helped me write. It's basically the same thing that they use in the radio stations, just uses voice over IP and stuff like that. I'd sell that. I'd sell that. I'd sell a license to that. You want to buy that? I'll sell uh-huh. I'll, I'll license it. <laughs> I'll sell it. I'll say you'll sell it. it. The guy talking to me, Shlok Vadia. Did I get it right? You did. That was Shlok Vadia. Shlok is a buddy of mine here. He hangs out here, hangs out around the office. We're not really sure what he does. He's done something with Android, something with counterterrorism. It's in the army. Quit. We'll talk about all that. Moises right now is just, he's livid. He's livid in his house. He's burning up. He's texting me. He's sending me IMs. When am I going to be on the show? He's Skyping. He's ready to go. The guy's rolling over in his grave right now. <laughs> so what is this show? I don't really know yet. This is an experiment. You want to call him? We got a bunch of lines. We already got a couple calls in. And you can also call and leave us a voicemail. I'll, give all you, I'll put all that information up later. But here's the thing, Shlok. Hear me out. Will do. I started talking to this uh, Merlin Mann guy. I'm back to work. And... Over the years, it became obvious that I was encouraging people to quit their job. I call him a corporate stooge. A corporate stooge is, is here's the, let me, I was a corporate stooge. Let me paint a picture of this. Here's what I'm describing. Tell me, if the folks of you listening, tell me if this isn't you. All right. You wait, the alarm wakes you up in the morning. You get out of bed, you shave, you shower, you put on. Nowadays, you probably wear jeans and a t-shirt. But back in the old days, you'd wear a pair of pleated khaki pants. You'd wear a brown belt, brown shoes. You'd wear probably a blue polo shirt, you know, polo style shirt, you know, with the, with the buttons. Yep. Comb your hair down, little gel, maybe in your case, a little mousse. And you would, uh, you should see she looks hair, seriously. <laughs> it's, it's great. It is great. And you'd go in, you'd go, you'd drive, you'd spend 30 to 45 minutes in the car, drive in, drinking your coffee. You'd show up at work. There were no podcasts to listen to back then. Listen to how, maybe if you're lucky that you'd listen to Howard Stern, you listen to some morning show. You'd show up, you'd show up at your corporate IT job, corporate stooge job. You'd take a seat in the cube and you'd start writing. Maybe you're writing code. Maybe you're running servers. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're in meetings all day. Everyone's seen the movie Office Space, corporate stooges. That was me. That was me for a long time, for a decade. 
It sucked the life out of me. Not in a good way. Not in a good way. Yeah. They can't hear you nodding or shaking your head. That's what I just realized, yeah. yes. Only I can see that. Now listen, this is the thing. You would show up there. And now if the, somebody's saying 51% of the country doesn't shave or wear polo shirts. And listen, I got to tell you, most if you're talking about women, uh, they do. They shave their legs. That's uh, what they do here in this country. That's true. So they're going to they're gonna show up and they, they've got more maintenance and work to do than we do to get in. We can pretty much roll out of bed and that's a look. And they get paid less. Yeah, which is also unfair. So here's the thing. I call the show quit because on, that, on the show with Merlin, Back to Work, I would tell people, quit your corporate stooge job. But there is, I was never giving them a path, never giving them any real help, never really walking them through what, what's going on. So here's a story. That's what I hope to do on the show. It's not just to tell people to quit. It's not to tell people that they need to quit their job because you know what? That's not reasonable for a lot of people. It might actually be uh, uh, a bad idea for you to quit your job. Mortgage. Uh, yeah. Some people have a mortgage. Some people have debt. Some people are, have already quit too many jobs. Okay. So that's not exactly what I'm saying. Exactly. What I am saying though is reevaluate your job, reevaluate your life, figure out, can you, can you redefine your job? Can you work within the parameters of what your job actually is to, uh, to, to make it livable? Can you create a path for yourself? Can you crawl out of that hole somehow? It's about pathways. You might get dirt under your fingernails. That's the problem. So we're going to talk about that. So let's see. We get someone on hold. 215. That's sure. Philly. Hey. See, we don't have a call screener. You could screen the calls. I could. Pretty sure it's Philadelphia. Uh, what's going on? What's your story? Hey. Hi. Hey, you might, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on a bus right now, so I don't know if you can hear me well. I can hear you fine. What are you on a bus for? I'm coming back from visiting my family for Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. How are you? What are you in Philadelphia? Is that right? 215? Yeah, that's where my family is. I'm on my way back. I just recently moved to New York. You might, you might remember me. My name is Richard Ang. Okay, sure. You know, episode seven, look. Okay, nice. Yeah. That was the magic episode. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, gratefully, I'm really grateful for, for you guys doing it. Um, so what's your deal now? I thought you were all straightened out. I thought Merlin straightened you out. <laughs> well, um, I just want to give you an update. Uh, that, uh, three months ago, I quit. Oh, no kidding. What did you do? How did you do it? What happened to you? Is that why you're taking the bus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, three months ago, I, I quit. I, I, I wasn't a corporate stooge. I was a government stooge. Ah, worse. That's a worse kind. Yeah, yeah. So, um, after a while, I just, I, it took some time for the lesson to sink in, but I, I quit my job. I made a point to quit my job in August. I moved up to New York where my girlfriend lives. You know, no, no plan, no job lined up, nothing. But, uh, doing it was enough. I, uh, I, sh I, uh, now I'm working for a startup company doing something different, and I'm quite happy. So how, how, how did you make this transition? How did you take up the, get the guts? Did you quit and go to something new? Because that's an interesting topic right there. Well, um, it was just, I'm tired of stasis, I think. Um, doing, you know, I was working two jobs, if you remember. Um, I think in the how long ago? Anyway, um, yeah, I worked two jobs, no time to myself, 
to can't no time to do anything with my own work. <clears throat> and also, you know, it, it's, it's, my girlfriend and I have been on a long relationship, but it's been long distance for the vast majority of it. And I guess it's untenable. You, you want to shorten that distance, want to get close. So the only way to do that was to, was to quit. So you quit, you got out of there. And uh, and now you feel you feel a little bit better. Oh, uh, much better. You're happy now. I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm, in, I'm in the best city on earth. Well, right now I'm just outside of Camden, but I live in the best city <laughs> on earth. <laughs> I'm just outside of the worst city on earth. Um, and I'm working at a new at a startup company that's doing some cool stuff, and I'm very happy. Well, I'm really glad you did it. Thanks for the call, and uh, I'm gonna uh, keep listening. I'm gonna address what you uh, what you just said here in a sec. Thanks for the call, Richard. No problem. I'm going to hang up and switch to the uh, live feed. Yeah, go check it out. Thanks, man. So the story with the story with Richard is uh, he called he called and uh, taught, got some really good advice from Merlin. Man, Merlin be- became his personal life coach, and this guy was miserable. Now and he's gotten strained out, and now he's quit. And he, this is the story I hear all the time: people quit their corporate stooge job and then they go and they work at a startup. That's true. Is that what you did? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Exactly. What did you do? Tell me what, what happened with you. Uh, so I wasn't a corporate stooge or a government stooge. Yeah. I was a I was at a think tank. What does uh, that mean exactly for those who are not in the startup culture? Right. So um, so my degree is in international relations, um, and uh, a think tank is a place where somebody funds it to do certain things in kind of legislative stuff. So like if there, if there's laws they want to pass or like policy they want to see implemented, you give it to a think tank. They write reports about it and they try to make it happen. And uh, theoretically, a place that's called a think tank would involve a lot of thinking, a lot of like innovative stuff. Um, that was definitely not the case. It was very corporate, kind of a nightmare. So um, I left. I mean, actually, I didn't get, I didn't leave. I, I got fired. You got fired. I got fired. That's another kind of quitting. That's another kind of quitting. It's a different kind. It's slightly different. It's a little, I mean, at some point, you know, you realize that you were phoning it in like you probably need to leave, but you haven't left yet. That's, you, that's a good moment to get fired. <laughs> What's not great is if it's unexpected and one-sided. One company I was working for, I was, I was not happy there. I was kind of miserable there. See, what I, I had been working, talk about a corporate stooge job. I had been working at a place, there was something like 5,000 tech employees at this place. This was a big, like they did telecommunications billing systems software. Oh boy. Point of sale systems. The worst kind of stuff. I mean, it, it was, it was bad. And I was like a Java developer, you know, so uh, low on the totem pole. Yeah. One of thousands. And, you know, I was miserable at this job. I didn't really like it. The people were fine, but like the bureaucracy, the office space thing, the corporate mentality was the worst there. Nearly, you know, it was killing me. The herd mentality. The herd right. mentality. So this is, this is back during nine eleven time period. Yeah. And let me tell you about this mentality. Okay. I was sitting there and a buddy of mine calls me on my cell phone. It's like, you know, a plane just crashed into the trade towers. Look at the news. Yeah. It hangs up. So I find this out. And as the news starts to break out, so many of the people were just continuing to do their job and just like sit there yeah. while this stuff is going on. Now, listen, if these guys were like operating a switchboard for communication system for somebody, these were Java developers like, Take your lunch early and go see what's going on in the world. You know, it's not like they're like holding the line and making sure that, you know, that communication gets through. These were people who were like, I could write the line of code now or I could write the line of code in an hour. It's going to be the same thing, you know, and nobody like cared. Nobody broke out. And I'm like, fine. I walked out, walked down to the, uh, walked down to the uh, cafeteria. 
or they had a TV and watched it down there. Yeah. But it was weird because there's this mentality of folks that is like, like they, they don't, they don't, they don't want to think outside of that. Yeah. And that's always the thing that kind of puzzled me. I mean, sure, there's this safety, right? There's this safety net. There's this feeling that you're insulated and you're protected from the world if you, if you just keep going steady. And of course, you know, so this is where we get into the redefinition thing. Right. This is where we talk to people about, you know, not just, not just like quitting your job, but redefining it. How can you work within? A buddy of mine used to have this thing on his wall in his office that talked about like things you can do to improve your job. I don't know why he had this up there. But there were these steps that you could take that involved like reevaluating where what you're doing and being more proactive. And this is the kind of stuff Merlin and I talk about on Back to Work. And he's got a lot of good advice about this because the answer isn't always we'll quit. The answer isn't always quit. But in a way, you, you want to quit that mindset. You want to quit that mentality. You want to change the way that you're thinking and feeling about something so that you can start over. So I was working at this corporate job really bad. And I found out I was, you know, I was just not that happy. And I... Uh, I, I started thinking maybe I could be happier if I worked somewhere else. Yeah. And one of the places it was hiring in town was this company. It was a, I guess you could call it a startup. I mean, it was central Florida. They don't really have startups <laughs> there. It was a company with a few people in it. And so I talk, I, I, I go in there and I interview with these guys. It seems great. It's like, they're starting this amazing new thing. I'm going to be like the main technology guy at a company that isn't a technology company, but for whom technology is core to make everything work yeah. behind the scenes. So I go in there, I'm sitting in there. I interview with the, 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 the president. I interview with the guy who would be my boss. I interview, you know, I talk to the, the lady that kind of run in the office. I'm like, dude, this is going to be perfect. This is going to be great. Like it was really cool. Yeah. And so I quit my good job and I go to work at this, this other job. And immediately like day one, day one, oh boy, day one is I'm like, dude, this was a mistake. Yeah. This was a mistake because I'm sitting in there. First of all, they didn't give me the office. They said they're going to give me, they put me out in like the main room, which is all right. But like already, it was just an indication that things were not quite right. Right. I don't have a phone which is weird. Uh, the computer, they said they were going to get me. They don't get all these little things start being wrong on the same day. And then, then they're like, Oh, we're bringing uh, and I forget the guy's name, but there was this dude who all, spoke almost no English, very smart guy. Yep. And like, Oh, we're going to be bringing him into training. I'm like, train me on what? They will train you on writing, you know, the code that you need to write to uh, run our uh, management system or whatever it was. I'm like, well, I was kind of under the impression I'm, you know, I wasn't going to be doing that I thought maybe I was kind of going to be doing like this, um, you know, technology director stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you're going to be doing that, but like a big part of the job, you know, yep. is you're going to be, you know, you're going to be doing the data entry for our system and setting up the courses and entering the questions. I'm like, like guys, no offense, but that's kind of like an entry level job, you know, data entry. It's like, that's we could, we could get an title. intern to do that or something. Well, maybe maybe later you get an assistant, but <laughs> a lot of things started to reveal themselves. But now it's screwed because I quit my good job. I can't go back to that. Burn that bridge. That's done. Yeah. They're not going to take me back. Take me back. <laughs> no. Even if I was willing to be humiliated that much, which I probably was, <laughs> you can't. You just can't do it. They're not going to have you back. So what, where, where, what are you left with? You screwed up. You made a mistake. You made a dumb mistake. You screwed up. Yep. So 
I, I, I basically, I was like all of, I was like so jaded at this point. I would just go out and I'd walk around the parking lot. Like I'm imagine this, it's 90 degrees out. You know, I'm in a shirt and tie and everything. Oh yeah. Florida humidity. And I'm walking around the parking lot. Like, what am I going to do here? After a week of this, they finally send the the, uh, guy down from China and he starts training me on this. And I'm sitting there like, how long am I going to let this go on for? You know? Right. He, he went to, uh, he went to see like, uh, Kennedy space center and stuff. Yeah. It's like sightseeing around there. (laughs) So I felt like his trip wasn't all wasted. Right. So finally, I, 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 like the, the guy wants to have a meeting with me, my, my quote unquote quote boss wants to have a meeting with me. I'm like, all right, fine. So we sit down in there and this whole thing, like on the, on the second day, they're like, oh, we're going to go look at some office space. I'm like, oh, I'd like to go. Uh, we don't know if we need you to go to this. Uh, I'm like, well, wouldn't it be useful for me to like, look at what kind of networking is installed in the building or connectivity is there? Well, I think it's, you know, we're just going to go. And then they would go and they'd have these business meetings in the other room and they would like be two or three of them and they just shut the door. I'm like, I don't, I get to, I'm, am I like the director of technology or am I like a... I'm like a data entry dude who's just getting paid three times what a data entry dude should get paid. And uh, so he's, we're sitting in this room and he looks over at me and he's like, uh, so what's going on, Dan? I'm like, uh, you know, and at this point it becomes very tangibly real to me that I'm probably not going to have a job in an hour. Right. Which I'm not prepared for, even though I knew it was going to happen. I'm not mentally prepared for this. Right. So I'm talking to the guy and I'm like, listen. I'm not, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And I, for some reason, when he told me ahead of time that I was going to have this Friday meeting, I went ahead and wrote, I wrote a resignation letter Nice. and I had it ready to go. I had no idea what I was going to do or if I was <laughs> going to give it to him, but I went ahead and wrote it. So as I can tell, he's, he's going to fire me. I bring out the letter. I'm like, I quit. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I quit. Which now as an employer for many years since, I know that just, that made his whole day. Because then he didn't have to give me severance pay, didn't have to give me benefits. And I'm like, now? Idiot. I should have just, I should have let him fire me. I would have got all this stuff. But that wasn't the right thing to do, was it, Shlo? The right thing to do was to know that I was, and so he says, well, why did you wait to tell me? I'm like, because I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, like for him, oh, you're not working out. You're not a good employee. For me, it's like, I have a mortgage, dude. Like I have to figure something out. I had nothing lined up. Yeah. I had nothing lined up. You didn't even get severance. I didn't get anything because I was too stupid and I quit. Yeah. But the point, the point is this. After this, so after this, I wind up going and uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do now? Am I going to find another job? So I start looking. Well, guess what? The economy was in, in the dumps. This is after 9-11. Yep. Nobody wanted to hire anybody. Nobody was hiring anybody. Every startup was crashing. Yep. Everything. This was a miserable time to have no job. And I spent a few months looking, months. Ooh, like now, I was doing like a little consulting and web design thing here and there. So like I was paying bills, but it wasn't, you know. And then it occurred to me, well, you don't get job security by working for somebody else. And this is the thing that I hear. We know somebody we who believes that they will get job security by doing a job. But the, you don't. You don't get job security by working for for somebody else ever. 
you'll never get job security by by doing that. You're by definition dependent on somebody. You're absolutely dependent. Even if you're invaluable, invaluable as an employee, guess what? If that business has trouble and you're not in a decision-making position in that business, out the door. Yep. Out the door. No matter how much they love you, no matter how much they care about you, you're gone. You're gone. You're gone immediately. Absolutely. And the only, what I realized is the only way I can ever insulate myself from this, ever, the only way I can ever insulate myself is going to be if I run my own thing. Now, I knew this, and I, I dabbled. I, I started my – listen, I started – Shlok, I started working when I was 13 years old. In the mines? In the mines of Burger King. <laughs> can I say that? I think so. Burger King. And I was the guy who, you know, I, I flipped the bur- – I put the burgers in the back end of the broiler, and I made the fries. And I swept and I mopped. And that was my job. And I did that kind of job for like the next five years. Oof. I have not not had a job with the exception of this time I'm describing now where I couldn't find one. Yep. I have not not had a job or not been working since I was 13 years old. That's a long time. That is. So let's say this is nine. I don't even know what year that was. I'm going to have to launch the calculator to figure this out. <laughs> so that was 1985. Burger King circa Burger King, working at Burger King with the uniform that I had to buy myself. Ooh. So this is the thing. You get out there and you start working. You start doing this stuff. You have a different mentality. I had to work if I wanted anything. My family was poor. My mom was a teacher, is a teacher. Uh, you know, we had clothes and we had shelter, food. Not nice clothes. Yeah. I was never, never went to bed hungry. Okay. But. Like, you want a Nintendo? Guess what? You're buying that. Yeah. That's it. That's all there is to it. And then she dropped you off in front of Burger King. Dropped me off in front of Burger King. I would go there and work, come back, pick me up, and then I got a better job. But the point is this. I always had this mentality that if I wanted something, if I wanted anything, if I wanted my main goal was to not be in that life, right? Yeah. And to not have my kids eventually be in that life. Right. That I had to, I had to do something. I had to do something different. I just start something. I have had, and we'll talk about it over the course of this show eventually. But I had so many failed business ideas. All of them, except maybe this one. Yeah. All bad. All failures. And I, I would just try something out. Well, that sucked. And they usually failed because of my own fears and my own uh, mistakes. So I couldn't get a job. And I say after a couple months of this, I said, listen. I'm going to try doing my own, I'm going to try doing my own thing. I'm going to start my own consulting development business. The kind of stuff I'd always done on the side. I'm just going to try it full time. I'm going to try and make it full time. That's what I'm going to do and try and make it full time. Yep. So I set goals. I said, if in a month I don't have, and I figured out what my bills were. I said, if I don't have enough to pay my bills, you know, and save a little bit of money after a month, then I'm going to quit and go back to the. I'll just take any job, whatever it is. I'll be the third shift tech support phone guy at FedEx. I don't care. Right. I'm sorry if that's your job. (laughs) And I said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And if I, if by two months I'm not making twice that and by three months, I'm not making three times that. And I had a number, whatever it was. If after three months, I don't have booked out another three months worth of work, I'll go and take that job. Nice. And I somehow I did it. 
And I was getting contracts. I was getting work. I would take anything. You know how there's this whole thing. There's this whole movement now. And I think this is BS. And you know what, Shlok? I'm going to call BS on this. BS. Here's the BS thing. Don't lower your rates. Don't lower your standards. You've heard this. I have. I hate that. Don't know. You don't, don't take any job and don't whatever you, your money and your time is valuable and you're worth something. Guess what? If you're starting a business and you got to pay a pay bills and you think you should be getting paid 10 K for something and your client wants to pay 25 K take the 25 K. I mean, take the 2.5 K take the 2,500 bucks. Yeah. You're going to know you should be getting 10 K and you know what? You're going to be kicking yourself for doing it. You're going to be working 15 hour days for a few weeks and it's going to suck, Yep. but you will have a client you will make them happy. You will have some money in your pocket. Worry about it next time. Yeah. I took every job I could possibly get. I was writing PHP and Java and I was miserable. And I was working from six in the morning, seven in the morning till seven or 8 PM at yeah. night, stopping once to get, you know, a, a glass of water. You know, it was miserable. And I did this for months at a time. Yeah. And every time I'd try and pitch for a little bit more money, a little bit more money, a little bit. I'm not going to hold out and wait for a, a $40,000 project to come around. I need to pay some bills. I'm going to take anything yep. and I'm going to do it cheap Yep. because that's what I can get. And it's going to suck. And the only way out is through. That's true. Through. Yeah, that's what it is. Right? It's that hustle. If you're going, if you're going through hell, keep going. I used to sit up in sit up there. This is in North Carolina. Sit up there in that like attic room, staring out that window. You know, writing code, the worst code. <laughs> it was miserable. But you went through. Yeah. What do you mean? I went through. No, I mean you went through, right? You made it through. A lot of people get stuck in that stage, and that's also terrible. Shlokvadia. Yes. You were counterterrorism. I was. What were you doing up in there? Uh, Can you talk about it or will you have to kill me? I could talk about some of it. All right. I, I wrote a lot of papers. Keep, um, keep talking. I'm going to make an adjustment to the rack yeah. over there. You keep okay. telling me the story. Yep. Um, so, I mean, my background is in, is in writing stuff. Um, and so I wrote a bunch of papers uh, for kind of the innovative parts of the Department of Defense um, about things like drones and 3D printing, only we did it, you know, years before these things are where they are now. And, um, and that was kind of a big part of this was just like, you know, you want to write cool stuff. And I wasn't able to do that at the think tank, but I could do it as a consultant. Right. I could do it as an entrepreneur. Right. And that's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of what you said, like you, you had something that was paying the bills, but you didn't do it full time. But when you do turn that skill into a full-time thing, you are, you get to own it and you get to be, you know, who you want to be. So one of the things I started was this thing called Corked. That you did? So I was, uh, I was taught friends with Dan Cedarholm, amazing designer. He's the guy behind Dribble. This is way before Dribble. And he and I were friends and we, uh, we just, I, I think I'd worked with him on a few projects and, and just an admirer of his for a long time because he's amazing. And at one point, uh, he was a, he drank wine. I drank wine. So I called him on the phone at one point. I was in a wine store and I said, what was that wine you told me about that you really liked? I'm in the wine store. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, it was this one he told me. And I said, oh, okay, they have it here. Okay, I'll get that and try it. It was great. Yeah. And so later on, I, I talked to him. The next time I talked to him, I said, Dan, like I have an amazing idea for a site that you could design and I could write the code for it. Rails was brand new at this time. Brand new. 
Rails, yeah. dude. Not even 1.0. Not even 1.0. Rails. Wow. Ruby on Rails. And I was excited to be using this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, uh, I was talking to Dan. I'm like, listen to this idea. Listen to this idea. We do a little website that's like a social network for wine. This is back before like Facebook was Facebook. There was no yeah. Twitter. There was no Ning where you could go and create your own little no. There was nothing like that. Yeah. And he, he kind of laughs. He's like, I actually had an idea for something like that. And he instantaneously emails me over the, the logo and the name that he had already corked. It was his idea, his name, everything. He had the little wine logo. He had the whole thing. I'm like, dude, why didn't you tell me about this? He's like, well, it's just been in the back of my mind. And, you know, I'm like, I, I can code this if you can design this, you know? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll, let's do it. We had no paperwork. We had no documentation. We never started a company. We just like built a website, like two guys building a website. Yeah. And in no, in no, you know, my code, things worked, things worked, <laughs> but his design was as always amazing. And together, I used to have a site called hivelogic.com. It still exists, but I used to write on that. So I had a time, I was like a C list blogger, maybe, maybe on a good week. I was a C list. <laughs> and of course he was an A lister and he uh, was an, by, you know, by a- anyone's count an, an A a plus designer. Yeah. Uh, so we launched this thing. And I remember we, we said, after we had toiled over this thing, we said, you know, if we get 500 users, <laughs> if we get 500 users by the end of the month, we will be an outrageous success. Like we'll have made, we'll, we'll have made it. Yeah. Did we had 20,000 users by the end of the month and we had 40,000 before we sold the thing to Gary Vaynerchuk. And, that was back when, and these were active users. This wasn't like signups. These were like people going in because you could ch- you could put your wine list in there. You know, you could rate wines. You could see what your friends were drinking. You could, there was email within this thing. This is, sounds like child's play. Of course you have this stuff. But back then we were like, at least we thought we were like <laughs> innovating something, you know, like th- this wasn't just a given that you would have this. Yep. And, uh. What a, what a fun time that was. I think people still thought we got rich off that, but we didn't. Would have been, that would have been nice. We, had, we did have some opportunities to sell it to a New York-based and a San Francisco-based media company, but those didn't work out for a variety of reasons. We'll talk about it in another show maybe. Yeah. But the people in the chat room, the reason that I, I bring this up is uh, AF Waller, was saying, uh, he was saying here, hang on. He's talking about Dribble. He's talking about the stuff that Dan Cederholm did. And Dan Cederholm, look at what he's done with Dribble. Look at, at what he's done with Dribble. It's amazing the community that he's built around that. And he, he, everything he learned from Quit, I mean from Quit, <laughs> from Corked, he applied to Dribble and made it such an, a great community that there are Dribble meetups. We have Dribble meetups here in town. You know, that, that's an example of somebody who really learned from that first experience and created something totally amazing. And he might be modest and say, well, I didn't really know it was going to get so big. I'm sure he didn't, but he built it to be that big. And there's something to be said for that. A.F. Waller says, Corked was a huge success until you sold it. And that's true. They shut it down. 
Was I'm that not, overnight or did they? No, they, they had it for a while. And then there was some problem with the code because they probably upgraded something on the server and the code was like a Rails 1 or 2 and they upgraded <laughs> something and it broke. You all right? I'm good. You need to see the doctor? Probably not. Your, how's your shoulder? It's kind of in pain. You did something to it and then you, were, you took two leave and then I, we went to right before the show went to the Walgreens and you got some Tiger Balm and put that on it. Which is now stinking up this room. It's not, I mean, if you ever did anything in like a martial arts studio, it's, it's a smell. Like I feel like right. Someone's going to come crashing through the wall or something. <laughs> you're flipped on the ground. Is it better? Is it all right? It's better. It still burns. All right. So this is the thing. So let's play, let me play one of these. Let's see what's going on with this. Where did I put that window? Right here. That's where. So we get a few calls. Let's start with Alex. You want to start with Alex? Sounds good. Hey, Dan, or Hattie, whoever. Uh, my name's Alex, and I was calling about the Quick Show. I have what I think is a semi-interesting story. Uh, pretty long, but the executive summary is that I was working for Apple down in Portland, Oregon, and my girlfriend is an air traffic controller, had to go to Everett, and she was stuck there, and uh, Apple couldn't move me up to Seattle. So... I ended up kind of just taking a risk and moving to Seattle, hoping for a job, did some independent work, and uh, finally got contracted onto a place that's been probably the best decision I've ever made. But it was scary, and a lot of it was, I'm a big back-to-work listener and almost anything that Merlin's on, so uh, a lot of that kind of convinced me to just kind of up and do it. So, you know, this is the kind of story that I like to hear. And a lot of the time, you hear him talk about his girlfriend, right? Yes. Having some kind of support system, support structure in place when you want to make a change, invaluable. You've got to have it. It's beyond, you have to. It's you have to have it, right? Absolutely. You can't, I mean, it, you know, and you know what? It doesn't matter. Like people are like, oh, you know, I can't rely on my parents for that. Like talk to them about it as an adult. Yes. Hey, uh, folks, I'm miserable. <laughs> uh, I want to kill myself <laughs> because I hate my job and I hate my life and I want to reinvent this. Do you, you, do you think your parents might say, hey, how can we help you, son? I, or do you think, well, screw off. <laughs> you know, I, I can speak as a parent and say they'll probably want to help you. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong of, with taking advantage of people who not taking advantage in a bad way, but using as a resource, using that kind of help, getting that kind of help from people. Yes. It's got to be less about the whining, though, more about the passion for <laughs> change. And then you have to actually do it. And That's, you know what else is good advice? Set parameters with them. Say, Mom, Dad, I'm going to live back home with you. It's probably going to take me X months, and it better be measured in months and not years, <laughs> if not weeks. It's going to take me X months to do this. And here's, here's my plan. And here's what I'll do if it doesn't work. Yes. And that might involve I'll work at the 7-Eleven or at the Burger King or whatever. You have a plan. You have a plan of attack. It's the same kind of advice that Moises is just, he's rolling over in his dude. He's livid right now. It's like now. the seventh text. It's like the seventh text. He's livid right now. He's got a story to tell. But I have uh, some uh, more calls to listen to. So let's see. Uh, this one, oh, this one's long. I don't know how long that one is. I don't, you know, because the quality of it's not great. Yeah, that's true. It's not awful. It's Google. If you want to call in, you can call in. I don't think we're going to, like I said, I don't think we're going to get a lot of calls. 512-518-5714, number to dial 
5714. I used to get calls on that other show. I'd get a good guest. We'd get boom, 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 stacked up calls. Yeah. That's an experiment. You're trying it out. No, I don't know if this is going to work. I have no idea. This may be the last show. I may quit the show. That Who knows? Do one episode, done. Yeah. <laughs> but that's part of the thing, right? Just trying it. Yeah. Try it out. See if it sucks. If it doesn't suck, do it again. No, nobody's getting upset. If you don't like the show, don't listen. You got a lot of shows? Yeah, we guess maybe you'll find something else that you like. I don't know. Here, here's the situation. So I, I quit that job. I went and worked at that thing. I started my own business and it, and it started to work. It started to work. I was getting customers. I was getting clients. I was learning how to not screw up clients. You that's know, important. That's a huge part of it. How do you get clients? And I was spending more time getting clients than I was doing the actual work. So I had to hire people. Yeah. I had to hire developers. I had to hire a developer to come and do, do the work. I had to hire more designers to come and help do the design. I can't really design. I have like one style I can do. <laughs> and that's it. It's, I don't even think it's good anymore. You know, and you'd have these great ideas. And, you know, trying to implement them. See, look. That's number eight. He is, he is just livid over there. All right, listen, let's get, let's see what he has to say. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. After eight texts, it's seriously better be good. Now he's not answering. User's not online. Well, what are you going to do? He tried. Tried. That's all he can do. That's all you can do. So, you know, he was at Apple. He quit that. And this is, this is the thing. This is the thing. You're working there. You're working at some job. You're going into there and you look around and you think, man, you kind of stand up like the gopher in your cube, you know? Look around and you say, I'm the, I'm the only one here that really gets it. I'm, a, you know, I'm the only one here that gets it. These other people, they like their thing. Well, listen, I knew a guy, he had like a little, he had like a startup mentality and he was in the office next to mine. This is in that same place today at lunch and we were talking about how I used to play Quake 2 with the dude down the hall. <laughs> he was another dude down the hall and he had, he had some really cool like database software that he wrote. And I used to talk to him and say, man, this is such a great idea. Why don't you pursue it? Years later, not many, three or four years later, somebody else did this idea. Guess what? They like sold it to Oracle, made a billion bucks. I'm not saying it would have worked out that way for him, but like he could have tried, you know, he could have tried. He'd already built it. It was done. You're just sitting on it. Just sitting on it. Oh. And that's the kind of thing you see that all the time. And you're like, why? And I'll tell you why for me, why I didn't do stuff. Well, I'll tell you why for me. This is going to sound so stupid, but it's, it's real. It's absolutely real. Fear of success. Okay? Because, like, I had an idea for something. I don't even want to say what it is. It's too embarrassing. But it was a good idea. You can put more of the tiger balm on. No, I was sitting on it. It's okay. very unstable. So I had an idea that was a good one that has been since been done and done, and those people are rich. Again, maybe I could maybe I could never have made this work. Probably couldn't have. I probably would have screwed it up. But... Just the idea was a good, was a good idea. And I, I thought about it in my mind. I said, well, if I do this, then I'm going to have to support it. And that means I'll have to hire people and I'll have to, uh, get, you know, I'll have to get money and I'll have to, you know, like I'll have to support it. What if there's a problem? And what if they call me in the middle of the night? And, you know, like all these ridiculous fears that were just absurd. They were crazy. 
And yet, if I had done it, if I had just been willing to deal with that and put that aside, yes, who knows? What is this, Canada, Toronto? Hi, this is uh, this is Toronto, Dan. Hi, Toronto. How are you, Toronto? Uh, I'm good. I actually, uh, my name is Jeff. I left you a voicemail, and you said it was a little bit. Too- it's a little long, dude. It's like it's like four minutes long. I don't. I don't want to. You know, I haven't kind of played all through. I'm a little nervous to play it. No, 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 no. I'll give you. You know what? I'll give you an abbreviated version. It's. A, I feel like it's a good story, and you're you're going to get something out of it. All right, please please do. I'm glad. I'm glad you called. Well, I'm glad you called. Please tell me uh, what's the story here. Uh, so this was a couple years back uh, when I was in university uh, and between years, you know, I needed a summer job. So a friend of mine uh, got me a job uh, actually producing television segments for, for a TV show at a, uh, at a TV network, uh, which was great. It was a great job. But I went in there and I didn't tell them that I was going to be, you know, leaving in September to go back to school. Uh, I didn't tell them that. And, you know, that's never something I would do now. But I was a student. I was crazy, you know, whatever. So uh, the interesting thing is, you know, having gone into that job every day with this kind of this shelf life, this expiration date of, OK, I know I'm I'm going to be quitting in, in some way, you know, on this day, uh, you know, it imbued every kind of moment with this 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 clarity and this focus. And I had a blast. And, uh, you know, as it started to come close to September, I was thinking, God, how am I going to tell these people that, uh, you know, I got to go? And, uh, you know, as the weeks went on, uh, you know, I started to worry more and more. And basically what happened was they, they pulled me aside and uh, I was fired and everyone in the show was fired. And in fact, everyone who worked in the building uh, lost their jobs because we were absorbed by a uh, media conglomerate. And even the guys, who, you know, would come up to me and tell me, you know, what kind of car they were driving the year I was born. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody was out of there. So the, my point is I had this false sense of security because I was walking around with a date in my mind that wasn't really real outside of my intention to do it. But by the same token, having that knowledge that I was going to leave, it gave every day so much, you know, it just, I had so much more purpose, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating how just something that you believe, whether it's true or not, can really affect like what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. You had this date and in your mind, what you were in control, right? Like you were controlling. Exactly. And that, yeah, it goes back to the thing you were saying about the, this illusion of, of security. Even if you have a date in your mind, that's not, it means nothing. So what did you wind up doing? I, I, uh, I went back to school and I went back to university. I mean, I, this was, this was a number of years ago. I'm, I'm self-employed now. I, I, I do freelance work, so I don't, I don't have to be concerned about that, but and well, in a different way, but, uh, I, I, I won't forget that. It was, it was a wild kind of moment where the, the table just kind of turned on me. This is pretty cool, though. I like this story. And so now what are you doing? How's it been uh, ever since then? Um, it's, been, it's been great. I mean, like, I'm, I'm doing what I love to do, and I'm still, um, you know, I'm still kind of, I don't know how to put it. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm directing, you know, uh, film and, and commercial stuff, but it's not... It's not a, it's not a straight line at all. So it's, it's, you know, and I'm still just getting started. So you can imagine sometimes you think you catch a break and then you're just sitting waiting for the phone to ring or yeah. trying to do something about it. So. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks for the call, man. I wish you luck. Thank, thank you, Dan. And I, I, I look forward to hearing more episodes of, of, uh, of quit. Yeah, we're going to let me talk. Let me I'm going to hang up with you. I'm going to talk about your thing a little bit.
Thanks for the call. So here's the, here's the deal with this. It's that, that feeling of control we talked about before. Yes. You feel like when you're sitting in there, you feel like you're in control. Even when you go into work, you think, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit or you know, I'm going to walk out of here. And then you get fired or something happens beforehand and you realize, huh, I'm not in control of this thing at all. Right. Another time this happened to me, I was working at a startup. I was one of the first people who worked at this startup. Let me tell you how I screwed this up. This will be the last, this will probably be the last thing we have time for. Sure. Let me tell you how I screwed this thing up. I was working for something called a CLEC. Are you familiar with that? I am not. Competitive local exchange carrier. Basically what we did was we resold long distance and internet. This is back when DSL was brand new. Gotcha. So we could take your twisted copper pair to your house or to your office and we could put multiple lines on it. And we could sell you long distance and we could sell you long distance the same price or cheaper as like a sprint long distance or something. Gotcha. So what a, what a bad idea this company was in retrospect. <laughs> the idea that they were going to compete with Covad or one of these other dudes was ridiculous. They, we built some awesome, awesome, messed around with some awesome tech in the network operations center and data center we built. <sighs> awesome stuff. Yeah. But when I was working there, I was what they call a sales engineer, eventually the director of sales technology. Wow. And what this basically meant is that I was like the, I was like the guy that when the sales guys would go out there, they would essentially kind of narrow down and close down the actual sale and they would get it to the point where all I had to do was walk in and answer the people's technical questions and explain, this is how that thing is going to work. And, oh, you have this kind of thing now? Fine. This is how this is going to work. This is what we're going to take over. This is how this is gonna, process is going to transition. All of that stuff. I was a technical salesperson, basically. And uh, I had like a couple direct reports this is, this is when Crystal started working for me and Crystal was the best. She would like, she could read my mind and she would know all I have to do is look at her out of the corner of my eye. And that would be a signal to her to say in 10 minutes, I'm going to call Dan and tell him something urgent has happened <laughs> and get him out of this meeting that otherwise he'd be stuck in for two hours. Like she just knew, she knew, she knew. Yeah. She was amazing. Amazing. Crystal. Crystal, if you're out there, Thank you. <laughs> You're the best, still the best. And uh, no offense, Wendy. Um, and she would, uh, she would be able to make all of this great stuff happen. And so here's the story. Here's the weird story. I, I did not like the pressure of the sales technology job because I knew that the sales guys were kind of overselling Ooh. They were, they kind of knew we couldn't quite do all the things they were promising. And I did, was not comfortable with that. Right. And then I found out that there was a, a, in, in the, in the network ops side, they had an opening for someone to come in and run the network's ops side. So just casually talked to the, the, uh, the guy who was in charge of all of the networking stuff. And I said, Hey man, I'd, this, you know, I'd really like to do that job. And he's like, well, have you talked to uh, your boss about it yet? And I said, no, I haven't talked to him about it yet uh, because I wanted to know if it was a possibility, if it's something that, you know, that I could do. I don't, you know, I, I, I want to go to him and say that I, I want to do it, but only if, if this opening is real and everything else. And he's like, yeah, it's real. We can talk about it. It's all right. Cool. 
by the time I went back to my desk to go talk to my boss about it, he'd already talked to my boss about it. <laughs> and, and my boss was like, I can't believe you went down there and talked to him about this. Ooh. I'm like, well, I wanted to see if it was a possibility because it was a, he's like, well, if you weren't happy, why didn't you talk to him about it? Well, I should have talked to him about it. I made a stupid, stupid mistake by not just going to him first. But I was afraid that if I told him I was unhappy, I'd get fired. Right. That's the only control you have, right? Yeah. It's about control. Like I knew that if I went to him and uh, I'll tell you what, you know, what the perfect analogy for this. And one I'm sure you'll be deeply familiar with. Do you remember Star Trek, the next generation? I know you're a big fan, big Trekkie, Trekker. There's an episode of this one. Well, who's this guy? The guy on the scooter? Yeah. Not someone I want to know. So we go and uh, watch this episode with the binars in it. Apparently the binars are these guys that are in pairs. They, they're very logical. And they wind up, for whatever reason, they're commandeering the Enterprise. They want to get all their people off of their planet. So what they do is they commandeer the Enterprise and they make them fly them around, whatever. And they're, at the end of the thing, they're like, why didn't you just ask us for help? Why did you have to take over our whole ship and jeopardize our mission and blah, blah, blah? And they're like, you could have said no. Logically, that's right. Yeah. What if they had asked them for help and they were their only chance for help and the Enterprise says, no, we're not going to help you. Well, of course, we know as humans, the Enterprise is probably going to help them. True. But to them, it's like, there is a chance you would say no. That is unacceptable to the survival of our species. That's how I felt. I was like, I don't want to go to this guy because the minute I say it, I know him. The minute I say something to him, if I don't have my backup plan in place, I'm screwed. So what I wound up doing, Shlok, is I wound up pushing myself out of any useful job at all. <laughs> because then neither of these parts of the company wanted me. And I basically had like a cube and I was like given like weird strategy work to do and like some web stuff. And so then when the company, which did go out, horribly crash and burn and went out of business, uh, uh, I was in the first round of people to be like, go, even though I was like the 10th employee. So control, security, the perception of security, it's false. The only way that you can be directly responsible for your own Life And the only way that you can really have that sense of security is if you run something by yourself. But what I'm not saying is walk out the door now and quit your job. That's not what I'm saying to do. What I'm saying to do is look at your situation and be careful and evaluate that thing. Because you may find that there's just no way that you can walk out of it. But can you reinvent yourself within it? That's the back to work topic. That's what Merlin's really good at helping you do. Figure out how to reinvent yourself and look at your situation and not quit. But there is something to be said for taking advantage of an opportunity for somebody who's listening to this show, who's saying two of my friends want to do a startup and my rent isn't that much. And I've got some money in the bank and I sure would like to go and work with these folks. I just don't know. Maybe I should just stay and keep this, the comfort of this big job. You know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe you'd regret it. Maybe you'll regret it if you don't try it. Maybe you'd regret it if you don't try and it fails. I've had more things fail than succeed. Most of the things I've done have failed. Most of the jobs I've had have been miserable. But eventually you'll get it right. And when you get it right, then you're home free. You're through. You wrote a book. I did. What's this thing called? So you can go check this out. Uh, it's called The Rise of Siri. It's about Apple, kind of a novella a little bit dystopian about what happens to Apple in case China collapses. And it's kind of the first of a trilogy. 
Um, I did not know it was part of a trilogy. Part of a trilogy. And two more big companies are, are what the next two are about. So. Now, here's the thing. You, you're not charging a lot for this. You can get this as, as a Kindle book right now. I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes. So two ninety nine. That's not a lot. I spent more on coffee today. You're, you're going to end more on your Tiger Ball. <laughs> Actually, that's true. We need to help you pay your medical bills. <laughs> yes. And so here's the thing. Go check this book out. It's a great read. You sent me a copy for free. That's not why you're on the show. For two ninety nine. No. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 uh, I'm still going to buy it. But here's the thing. Go check this book out. It's good. Shlok. I didn't give you much chance to talk, but I want to ask you one more thing. From your standpoint, you're, you're, you're a bit younger than me. I am. You're like three decades younger than d- me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're still learning to walk. And you're deeply entrenched in this startup community, I would say. You're known. You're a known quantity. I like to think so. Okay. The people who are listening to the show are thinking, well, I, I want to start my own thing up. I would like to start something, but I'm scared. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. What would you tell them to do? How would you tell them to, to, to take a look and take stock of what's around them and figure out if it's the right time to do it? Because that's the timing is the other thing. Absolutely. So how do you do that? What do you do? I mean, yeah, you take a look at what are you dependent on, right? You have, a, you have to pay mortgage. You have to pay for kids in college or a car, whatever you have. But you figure out that, you know, bills are X because bills are just a certain amount. And you say, how do I beat X? Do I take an additional job or do I do a startup on my free time? Do I get home at night instead of watching TV for three hours, I write something? And you can do that, right? And it's a question of figuring out, like, I know you were telling me, like, you had certain goals. You had certain goals for the first month, second month, and third month. You set those goals and you make them achievable, because small wins matter, and as you pile them up, you'll, it'll start to make a lot more sense what direction you need to go in. Small wins, I like that. That's a nice way to say it. And that's the thing. When you're, when you're trying something out on your own, and I, uh, my, not my topic for next week no. is that it is impossible to be successful at a job and also starting up your own company. You can't do both. You can't have a successful side business and a successful job. You can't have both. Right. Not saying you can't do both, but one or both of them will suffer. That's next week's topic. What do you think about that one? That's good. You got anything to say about that? Yeah. I bet you do. Something will suffer, but you want it to be controlled suffering. Ooh, controlled suffering. I like that. All right. So listen, if you like this show, go rate it on iTunes. We'll add it in there, all that stuff. I'm Dan Benjamin on Twitter. Shlok, where do people find you? Shloki. Yep. S-H-L-O-K-Y. That's on Twitter, that.com. That's me. Shloki will come back again. And uh, I think I'll, uh, maybe I'll do another episode. If you want to, you can, uh, you can leave a voicemail. And maybe I'll play it on the show. The number to dial is 512-222-8141. That'll be in the show notes. And, uh, of course, you can call in live. I'll give that number out each week. Leave us a voicemail, 512-222-8141. Why not? Why not? Maybe I can't help you either. <laughs> but you never know. I'll tell you more about Burger King and... Uh, cleaning toilets at uh, Publix next time. Grocery store Publix. That used, I used to clean toilets. Wow. Done it all. And then corked. And then corked. Didn't change a thing. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Shlok, for being here. Thank you. Shlokvadia. And uh, I'm Dan Benjamin. This has uh, been quit, I guess. Yeah. We'll see if I quit this. Have a good week.